Welcome to episode 11 of Professional Balance, a bonus content series of the Saturday Morning Hustle. On this November 29th, 2021 episode, we will discuss how to balance investment and branding with managing a realistic business budget, startup, current, or pivoting. How much time, effort, or economics should you dedicate to your business brand and marketing efforts before it becomes burdensome or unproductive? What level of image, substance, and professionalism is absolutely necessary for a brand to connect with, relate to, and develop working relationships with target audiences, collaborators, and service-slash-sports networks? Where can you strike a balance between putting your best foot forward and stop planning, start doing for your business? What is the balance between consistency to current brand and adjusting to the market? Where does dedication and familiarity become inattention or neglect of your brand? This long-form audio-only podcast is posted once a month is an opportunity to dive deep into the issues that challenge all entrepreneurs, business owners, career builders, and decision makers. How to balance what seems to be contradictory viewpoints in business and personal life. More than just work-life balance, we examine a variety of this or that scenarios. Let's get started. We'll begin right off the top with telling you I'm very excited about this episode because I am a branding professional, a branding expert. This is something I do for a living on a regular basis. I have a lot of passion for this subject and I have a lot of ideas, hopefully, which will be extremely insightful to you as you decide how you balance brand, focus, budget, etc., with running your business, getting it off the ground, and using your money, time, and efforts as effectively as possible. So let's start right at the top. Do you brand now or do you brand later? And this may not make much sense. Many people would probably assume that every brand needs to start before the business. It needs to be the first thing you do. And majority of the time, that is correct. Very often in the development of a business itself from the business idea, the potential for position, audience, competitive analysis, etc., all of these things are informing what will finally become your brand idea and create all of the brand assets. But there's also a balance of spending too much time in the speculative space And not actually sitting down, creating something as far as a business plan, a marketing plan, and putting branding into place. Now, branding is something on the marketing side that you typically don't build a lot of flexibility into. A solid brand needs to be just that. Simple, solid, straightforward, direct, and best connected to your audience. Most likely to participate with you in the process, i.e. pay for your product or service. But there has been recent examples of businesses that intentionally launched with a oversimplistic version of branding with the intent of changing along the way, almost a startup with pivot mentality along with branding. I find that interesting and potentially more effective moving forward in 2021, 2022, 2023, etc., than in previous years. Thus, I want to discuss it on the podcast today on this special edition balance series from the Saturday Morning Hustle. So right off the top, we need to balance a few different ideas, time, money, focus. These are the things that you have to invest the most in when it comes to branding 
And it's harder sometimes to see a direct ROI, a direct one-to-one, 10-to-one, 100-to-one return on that investment. It's something that is essential and is proper for a well-launched, well-managed business. Brand is also something that represents you at the most base level and most consistently because brand is something that's carried across all marketing efforts and connects all marketing efforts. So the idea of spending a good amount of time, money, focus, and effort in that area makes a tremendous amount of sense. And it's been very traditional in the thought process, and it almost always works correctly if the branding is actually developed correctly. What that means is not developing branding, branding that is simply cute or trendy or something that the CEO or one of the founders really likes, but branding that is based on the, the market itself, on your position in the market, your product offering, your strengths and weaknesses, your competitive analysis, what your strengths and weaknesses are your competitors, where your position is within them in the industry, the understanding of your audience, the jargon of the industry itself, all of these things go into the decision-making behind branding. How deep, how specific you need to be depends on your business, your industry, all of those other factors. But understanding that easily or guessing or looking at a very surface level of I think we could compete in this way is very likely to develop very poor branding. Very poor branding will hold your your product back. It will hold your business back, potentially even could kill the business before it gets off the ground. If you're never able to connect with your right audience, with the right message, with the right representation of your product or service and the value that it provides to the consumers who most need it. That's the role of branding. So obviously it's done wrong. It can be disastrous. The flip side though, time, money, and focus, right, is that you could spend too much time, definitely can spend too much money, and lose your focus on the actual building of the business, of the business plan, of the mechanics, of the processes, of the systems that you have to put into place, whether it's a physical brick and mortar, it's an online business, whatever your product or service is, the full development of the value offer of what you're giving to clients, what you're selling to customers has to be developed fully at the same time that you're developing the brand. Now, if you're a sole provider or a a sole proprietor or a solo entrepreneur, that division of your time and focus can be very detrimental. If you're a small business, if you're a startup, a division of your time, effort, and money, if you're too much of your economic input is going to developing a brand, you can hold back on execution or on the development of the product or service, which at the end of the day, if you have great marketing that sells the first round of your product or service, but the product or service itself is underdeveloped, the repeat business is less likely and then you've missed a grand opportunity. So how do you balance how much time, money, and focus is right for your business when it comes to branding? The first time I'll say this, hopefully, maybe the last time today, probably not. It depends on your business, on your business, on your competition, on the market you're in, the industry that you're in, et cetera. But I'll give you some factors or some ideas to put into place as to how you decide if this is right for your business, if this is too much for your business, if you're imbalanced one way or the other. And one of those ideas comes from the actual catalyst for this program, the 
a build versus adapt mentality traditionally and in the past and most business cases building a brand building a brand around the ideas of the business the concept of the business taking those things and trying to create a name a image a cut line of descriptive text etc that is in the simplest form can tell your target audience who you are what you do and what your value proposition is your position against your competitors it's that easy it's worked very very well for a long period of time in great ways across most industries. Currently, 2020, 2021, I'm sure even more so in 22 and beyond, there are startups and other very high growth rate industry type businesses that are less interested in about understanding who they are, their position in the industry, who their audience is, and what that messaging should be in order to present themselves to the audience, to tell their audience who they are, instead would like to put themselves out as a basic idea with the audience telling them what it is that they appreciate, what they'd be willing to pay for, what they would be willing to engage in, and what they find value in. A good example of this is the Anchor app. The Anchor app is a smartphone app for creating podcast. Not this podcast specifically, but my personal podcast, The Saturday Morning Hustle, is on Anchor. It was started on Anchor. We started it five years ago on the Anchor app because it was free. And it was at that time a five-minute platform, a micro podcast, if you will, that has evolved into a full podcast platform. And one of the better ones out there, something I, I tremendously recommend that you look into if you're considering a podcast. The initial branding was very generic. The anchor itself obviously leads itself to imagery and things of that nature, not necessarily related to podcasting, but definitely related to that name. The name itself isn't necessarily related to podcasting, audio production, etc., but is something that is catchy and, and interesting and something that you could remember. Now, recently, they've updated their branding and explained that there, this was their intent all along. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe something they could just be telling us as part of this process, or it may have been intentional. I also know that there's been a lot of investors putting time and money into this product. I think there's been a sale or two as well. I think they've been um, purchased now by Spotify, and so there are other people in the mix who have a different approach to branding. So they didn't change the brand. They didn't throw it away, but they did evolve it into something. They kept the name, but the brand mark and the marketing language, et cetera, has changed and been updated to reflect. And of course, they added their uh, connection to Spotify as well. So the idea that they started with the intent of changing or at least updating the brand once they were understood what the actual product offering would be is a little bit revolutionary, very interesting, and something you should consider only if you're a startup or in a high growth business or looking to have a very potential pivot not too long after you release your current branding, which is a little bit of a chicken and egg scenario, also a little bit of probably what I would call not best practices in general. But sometimes you have to do this because you do have to get started. You have to start somewhere and you do have to launch. And Branding should be the most basic version of who your business is and who it sh who should be 
connected to it, who should be attracted to it, and what your value offering should be. Uh, Instagram is another brand that evolved relatively quickly as well. If you remember the original icons for Instagram, the phone app type icons at the same time, there was a lot of what was called flat design happening in graphic design, things that looked like uh, something that was an icon in your phone or something on the screen from your phone or on a laptop, etc. Uh, Instagram started off with a, a, a rainbow background and a basic shape, and it has evolved several times over a short period of time. And then obviously, once they were purchased by Facebook, that change took another evolution. And now, of course, anything that is owned by Facebook is, instead of being presented by Facebook, is being presented by Meta, which is another branding evolution as well. Completely different conversation than what we're having today. And maybe some of you remember a few years ago when The Gap, the clothing uh, place that's typically in your local mall, had a rebrand of a blue square and the name Gap that was that was really ugly and not received very well. And Gap had to kind of take that disaster and go back to the, some of their original branding, trying to hold on to their brand equity as much as possible. But going back to where they started, at least going away from what they were sort of pivoting to as far as new branding because of the negative pushback they got back. So it wasn't an evolution of the product or service. It simply was something they made a change in that they shouldn't have made a change in and then sort of paid the price and had to move back. So there is a balance there and there is a time to pay attention to what the market is giving you, what your audience is giving you, and what you're trying to provide back to your audience and to your market when you're trying to establish yourself, which is what you do specifically with branding. So two ways to look at it. You can start definite. You could start in a position of this is who we are. We're going to build, we're going to present ourselves to the world in this way, or you can do what Anchor did and start in a general and basic format looking for feedback and trying to adapt and change as the audience wishes. So I'm going to give you both sides of this combination, the balance between the two. Of course, when you decide that you're going to start by developing a definitive brand, the first question you ask yourself is, how do I know this is the right brand? How do I know this will work? And technically, you do not know how it will work, but you can have a very highly educated guess. You can put a lot of effort into how you develop that brand through research, through testing, test markets, through sample uh viewings and input from small groups, controlled groups, whether it's online or in person, etc. Obviously, branding should always be done through a marketing professional with a high level of experience in the branding process. This is not for your intern to do. This is not for your second year, third year out of college marketing manager or marketing coordinator. This is not for something for your spouse or your teenage child to do because they're pretty creative or maybe artistic. We're not talking about creating something pretty. We're talking about a functional brand and all of the assets that come with it. This is also not a decision or a process to be driven by your sales team. Sales is different than marketing. Sales people do not have the expertise that marketing professionals have. Again, a high-level marketing professional, whether they're in-house or if you want to go out of house and go to a third party, to an agency, to a, a 
creative professional, et cetera, make sure that they have a high level of experience with branding, not just graphic design, not just marketing, not just advertising, but branding specifically. So if you're willing to do the research, if you're willing to understand the real thought process behind your behind your business, if you've got a well-developed business plan, if you have a very well-developed marketing plan, if you take those, pull those assets out of that, that sum up who you are, what your position is, who your audience is, your value proposition, how you boil that down again to the simplest form, then test that simplest format or a few very similar but different versions of, not disparately different, but similarly different to fine tune some presentation, doing that through through small focus groups, through polling, etc. But again, limited and focus specific, you don't want anyone and everyone to have input on it, you want people that are either giving you specific industry expertise, or have specific marketing and branding expertise or are the greatest, best, most specific example of your target audience. If your brand is for 13-year-old girls, you should absolutely market, test market your branding to 13-year-old girls, but not 18-year-old girls, not 12-year-old boys, and not 45-year-old male or female, specifically who your audience is. The same way if your market is a 55-year-old, college-educated, owner of a home who also drives an SUV, then your small target, your focus group research should be defined to that mark. If other people find it attractive, if other people are drawn to it, if other people get, understand, and engage your brand, that is bonus. Your target audience is the most likely to buy, most likely to be a repeatable business, most likely to have a build a business relationship with. That's who your market branding should be targeted at. That is your limited scope, research, testing, and making sure you fine tune the market itself. All this done through your marketing professional, not the interns. Sales is not marketing. And then finally, how much time and money that you can invest at a recoupable rate, although it will be very hard to put an actual number upon it. I think at the end of the day, when you understand your position in the in, in any industry that you're in, any position you're in, if you are in specific places, if you are the high-end provider, if you are the top provider, if you are a luxury brand, if you have, have expertise or value or luxury or refinement or any of these upper-level ideas baked into your product or service – then it must absolutely must be represented within your brand and you thus need to spend more time, more money, more focus, and more effort on the branding process up front in order to develop that. If you're the Mercedes-Benz or the Rolex or the, the champagne of your industry, your branding must reflect that from the beginning and be extremely professionally well executed. If You have a different position, which is speed market, customer service, maybe low-cost provider or highest value per cost, i.e. lower entry level, lower level considerations in the market. You can allow your branding to be more reflective of something that is simpler, is less involved, is less expensive, faster etc. if that represents your brand position. 
Look for feedback. That's another way to understand how, if you're on the right track or not, when it comes to building your brand. The problem with looking for feedback when it comes at the brand level is it's much harder to hear and understand than it is in marketing execution. You can run ads that are very specific and trackable in marketing execution to understand if the ads are working or not. Understanding if the ad execution or the brand is the problem or is the asset or benefit or catalyst for the sale is harder to understand, even for top-notch professionals. So you're looking for feedback in order to continually develop your brain. It's going to be hard to find that feedback, even if you're actively looking, because marketing mechanisms aren't necessarily built for that. And it's something you typically don't do. You typically present the brand and are steadfast with it, as opposed to presenting a brand that you intend to be molded by the audience reactions. Typically, marketing execution, advertising, the channel, the creative, the specific execution that can be changed, can be A-B tested, etc., is typically where you learn things about your execution, but not necessarily where you learn about your brand. So looking for feedback is a good idea. Adapting your branding specifically to your market and to your audience, who is most likely to say yes, makes sense. On paper, it's very hard to do in an execution. It's one of the reasons most people don't don't go down that path. Unless you're in a specific industry, in a specific business, in a specific place within the timeline of this business where it does make sense. So what to do with what you get in feedback. What can you do with it? With branding, typically, you drive the conversation. In branding, you present yourself through your brand. Here's who we are. Here's what we do. Here's our value proposition. Here's who we, who we are speaking to. It is you driving the conversation. If you want to have feedback drive the process, you now have to let other people drive the conversation. But who are they? Now, hopefully it's your audience, people who actually spend money with you, or people in your market, people who work in or around your industry, are within your market, have an understanding or insights that you need in order to compete in your market. But there's potential for your competition and actually to interject themselves. Of course, they're going to interject themselves negatively and try to make you second guess or make a move that is not beneficial to you and to the development of your brand, which could ultimately hinder all of your marketing, which will hinder all of your sales, which will hinder all of your business growth. And of course, anytime you have other people drive a conversation, you're going to have haters just being haters not having your best interest at heart, but possibly even worse, being just bored and willing to say whatever feels like is fun or necessary or interesting in the time period, or at the very worst, legitimately trying to sabotage you, whether it's they care more for your competition, they just simply like to do these things because haters are going to hate, or they think that somehow they're affecting this the free market system on in and of itself or some other silly reason. These are all things that could affect you when you let the market, uh, the audience, and outside influences drive your branding process. And then sometimes just random people. Uh, some people who we don't know who they are, why they should care, and why we should care about their input, 
might actually be part of your process if you open it up to the evaluation of the audience itself. So these are things you need to consider when going down that road, of course, obviously, and shouldn't have to say it, but I will to conclude this point, which is your audience, the people you actually do business with, people that you're selling to, that you're transacting with, people that have you have a relationship because they are a customer client of yours, their advice, their input, the things they find of value in your branding and things that they don't find of value in your branding, that advice is most important. Everything else after that is extremely secondary. So right off the bat, as you think of these things about whether you brand now or brand later, you now have to have the conversation about the balance between great versus good enough. So age old conversation, right? Good, great is the enemy of good enough, things of that nature. Perfection is the enemy of good or enemy of done, etc. cetera. Your, your things to consider when a great versus good enough conversation are the brand image itself, the audience, the expectations, the position, the competition, etc. I'll explain all of those. Of course, your brand image is, again, the representation of your brand in the simplest form possible, something that someone will probably see first, see often, and hopefully recall through your continual marketing efforts. So your first impression is extremely important. You can define within the mind of your target audience who you are from your very first impression. And if it is done extremely well, it is makes an impression, a positive impression. It's something you can hold on to for a very long time with even adequate marketing efforts. But if your first impression is very, very bad, the chances of overcoming that through even high-quality continual marketing efforts are slim. So first impressions are very, very, very important, and one of the reasons that so many people put so much effort into the branding process before it even starts. Consistency is the next key and probably one of the greatest keys when it comes to marketing. If you've heard me talk on any podcast ever, you've heard me say consistently, consistently, consistently. The key is consistency, consistency, consistency. It's the key to marketing, so it's thus the key to branding. Developing a simple, straightforward, easy-to-understand brand and then utilizing it over and over and over and over again in every channel and every medium and every campaign and every way possible to connect with your audience as consistently as possible builds brand equity. Brand equity has value. Brand equity is something that eventually can become dependable and bankable. Brand equity can actually build value for your business as a whole. If your brand has equity, if your brand is extremely well established, that comes from a solid first impression and then amazing, consistent reliability. The consistency is the key to brand equity based on a positive first impression. This is where the great versus good argument definitely leans towards starting great, investing in great, making sure your brand is great. Your audience needs to understand what you do, what your differentiation is, what sets you apart from your competition, what your value proposition is, what is in it for them. Why should they care? Why should they open their wallet? Why should they spend their money with you versus any and all alternatives? Your audience is key. The key to connecting with that audience is solid and understandable branding. Your 
again, leans towards having great branding if you want to connect with the right audience in the right way as quickly as possible in order to begin the sales process. As you brand, as you market, you create expectations for the experience itself, the product or service, the delivery method, the price, all of those things are implied by branding and then followed up and reinforced by marketing efforts. Create expectations that you can and will meet up to. Do not create a brand that seems to be bigger or more than what the actual offering is. At the same time, do not create a brand that is smaller or not as impressive as it needs to be in order to meet the expectations. Know the expectations, meet the expectations. If you understand how to set and meet expectations within the market, then the balance of how much time, effort, and budget you put into branding should actually be a very simple conversation. Right now, this place right here, this point is what you need to hear. If you understand how to set and meet expectations through your marketing, if you understand your brand's role in that, then the balance of how much time and money you spend on it should be very simple for you. Those expectations are based on the audience. The audience has an image of you because of your first impression and the consistency that has created your brand equity. These are all the things that go into your position. And we spoke about it earlier, position against your competition, something that you offer different and that you establish yourself within your market. That position has to now be clearly defined and executed through your brand. The better you understand expectations, the better you can brand, the better you understand a truly defined position, the easier your brand execution should be. If you know who you are, if you know what you're offering, if you know what you're not, you're not trying to be all things to all people, but specifically who you are, what you need to be for your best audience, then the the process of slimming down the potential ideas for brand to a funnel of the best ideas becomes very, very, very manageable by understanding your position, expectation, and audience. Of course, you understand the competition as well, your direct and indirect competition, the people you compete with. You have to understand who they are, what they're offering, so that you can define your differentiation and understand your position. If you can do those two things, going back to setting and meeting expectations, the branding process should be an easier to manage process. There's direct competition, there's indirect competition, and sometimes there's unexpected competition or unexpected audience. There are people who sometimes latch onto a product or service very unexpectedly. Right now, there are a lot of very young millennials and Gen Zs that have taken on the Carhartt brand, which is traditionally a working man's brand of jackets, outerwear, boots, etc. They were made for people to work in fields and construction and oil fields, etc. They're very warm. They're very tough. And they have a very distinct look to them because they're actually designed to be sort of anti-fashion and very workmanlike, very specific to doing a hard job in ice and snow and cold and rain. And it's become a fashion trend for young people to wear the Carhartt brand right now. Good on Carhartt. They're selling their products at full price, at full market value, maybe even increased value now that they're popular to young people who will never work a manual labor job for at least the next 10 years, definitely in the, in the lifespan of the Carhartts that they're buying today. But it's become a fashion trend because an unexpected audience latched onto them. 
That is bonus. That is unexpected, and so it can't be planned for, so it's not something you spend time and effort on. Carhartt never went out and developed branding for millennials and Gen Z, but it did happen. So don't think that branding is something that is missing opportunities. By focusing your branding on your most specific audience, most likely to say yes, the audience that you want to do business with over and over again, you develop a base of operation. From there, your marketing execution, not your branding, but your marketing execution can experiment and occasionally latch onto audiences that are unexpected that go outside of your direct and indirect competition. That's how you decide what balance you need between being great versus being good enough. Of course, the conversation always has to come down to time and money, right? All things in business come down to time and money. But sometimes you simply can't afford to miss versus being able to shoot in a general direction and refine your thought process later on. If you need an immediate impact with your branding, you can't afford to miss. You need to spend the time and effort and branding budget up front in order to create the best possible first impression, create the greatest impact with your branding up front. If you have opportunities that if you miss them, you will never be able to regain them. You also need to launch the best brand possible, the best well-developed, the best version of that brand from the immediacy, whether it's a launch of a startup or a pivot of an existing company. The experience itself, the experience of working with the end of the company, working with the audience in the sales process, in the marketing process, all the things that you learn here might be beneficial to bring back to the brand conversation if you can go through those experiences, if you can document, if you can relate how these things could be adjusted and how they could be beneficial in a way that is measurable with a return on an investment, then the experience itself can be something that can be utilized for an update of the brand. If it is harder or there's not enough bandwidth or your company is simply too small or you don't have the right expertise in line to learn from value and provide feedback for yourself through the experience of marketing, of selling, of transaction, of customer service, then you probably need to put those things aside, come out with a strong brand to begin with, and stick with that strong brand, not looking for adaptability and flexibility because you don't have the ability to harness the experience in order to do it correctly. And of course, the last item to consider when it's, what can you afford versus What do you need to do? That conversation is definitely always going to come back on your budget. You can only afford what you can afford. But it does seem like, especially in a startup situation, that the process you go through in developing a brand, developing who you are, how you talk about yourself, the simplicity of that messaging itself will allow you to also take those same processes into your actual operations, into your business plan, into the systems and the protocols and the processes you put into place as a business. So there's double duty on the budget, time, effort, funds, and focus. Uh, Once again, all are considered what your budget is for your brand. If you have it up front and you have the space to do it and you have the time and you 
have the extra focus because you're not actually running the business yet. If you're in a startup situation, you're simply putting these things together, but not in the business, not in the day to day. Then put more of that forward in the budgeting and the budget process for branding. Put the budget in branding, then let the brand sustain you and carry you as your time, focus, and money is diverted into actual operations, into marketing tactics and execution, etc. Spend the money once, spend it wisely, be focused on it, launch with it, and then let it carry you is definitely way to look at branding is often the most successful way to execute a brand. Although other people like Anchor and like Instagram launched brands with the intent that they could be changed if enough input is provided from the audience, if there's enough reaction from their competitors, if the market changed, etc. So being able to do that as well also takes a well-planned-out brand. It doesn't mean because you're utilizing a simplest form or you anticipate change in that form that you do it poorly. But you can do it good enough and put yourself in a position to make that change as needed, when needed, and then allow yourself to contract some of that time, budget, and focus back into operations. The balance here, again, is who your audience is, what your position is, who you're competing with, and how you need to present yourself on their first impression and in the, in the messaging itself of the brand. They have to be balanced out. The more you can do up front with the less focus on operations, then the more potential for that brand to be solid and carry you forward with brand equity, creating value for you moving forward. So that's how you balance whether you can't afford to miss or if you can go in a general direction or not. It doesn't happen very often that you go in a general direction. It doesn't happen very often you develop a brand with the intent of updating it rapidly. Typical conversations for brands are five to 10 years. I can tell you my business, The Golden Group, we're in our 10th anniversary just here in the month of November, and we have not changed our brand one bit in that 10 years. We're having that conversation now, and we are branding experts. It's something we do on a regular basis. It carried us through the first five years well, and then the second five years, it was a not broke, don't fix it type attitude through our first 10 years of business. This is how most branding happens, but sometimes people have to move fast. Some people don't have enough budget. Some people uh, need more up of time and focus because of the other aspects of business and go the simplest route on a brand, which can be detrimental only if you're willing to update it rapidly because the type of business you're in, because of the market, because of the competition, et cetera, will allow for that. That's the only time you really find a need to be too loose in your branding. So what is the balance? How does all of this balance out? Ultimately, what is most important to you and your brand? What represents you the best? Are, do you need a first impression? Do you need to make the biggest impact? Do you have the limited opportunity to get in front of the audience and must connect the first time? Or is your product or service, is your business model, is your competition, is your audience, are all these things factors that will be developed over time and in a slower process and have over multiple encounters or multiple touches in multiple ways? Is it a short play or a long play? Is it something that happens needs to happen immediately because you're going to run out of funding 
or because competition is going to adjust to you rapidly and you have to come out of the box swinging, you have to knock your competition out from day one, or is it something that you need to slow develop in order to understand who you're truly competing with, who understand who you're truly selling to, and understand the actual process itself. If your product or service is under, underdeveloped, then your branding probably also will be underdeveloped. But if you build in the mechanism to refine it and move it forward as the business, as the service processes themselves refine and move forward, then you have an opportunity to course correct and to eventually end up in a consistent place where you then can operate from a very solid, here's who we are, what we do, how we compete, who our audience is, and what our value proposition is. So are you luxury or are you straight out of the box? Are you the top end of the market or the bottom end? Are you somewhere in the middle? Do you understand your position? Do you understand your offering? Are you here to go big and go long? Or do you need speed to the market and adaptability? These are the balances. Going big, going long, establishing yourself as the true player, defining value for your brand from the beginning is on one end of the aspect to the other end of the balance here is speed adaptability of course the budget consideration as well so take your shot knock competition out of the box or be patient take your time and slow build all these things of course come back to time and money focus and effort these are the things that always must be balanced when considering branding hope you guys got some value out of that i hope there's some great things in there for you as well so i hate to give this piece of advice in general, but definitely on the balance podcast, because the whole point of this podcast is to help you balance these contradicting ideas. But it definitely depends on your business, your industry, other specifics. So if you want to know more about that, hit me up in the comments below or anywhere on social media, give me some specifics, and I'll give you some more insight. But I will leave you with this piece of advice, which should help you clear up how to balance how much time, effort, budget and focus you should be putting into your branding effort. It's Abraham Lincoln. It's one of my favorite quotes. Give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. The first four sharpening ax. Think about that. That is Abraham Lincoln telling you how to approach a very complex idea with balance when it comes to branding. Thanks for listening to the Professional Balance bonus content series of the Saturday One Hustle podcast. I'll be back next month with a new topic and new podcast every Saturday with hustle and motivation advice from the office while the competition is still sleeping. Please subscribe, leave a review, and make a comment on social media about what balance issues you would like to hear discussed on this series. Thank you. Saturday morning hustle. Saturday morning hustle.